Welcome to Coming Along Nicely. We're two brothers, Rich and Tim, who recently went back to school. Every week, we're discussing one thing we're learning in our classes, and we want to invite you to come along with us. I just got a phone call from the President of the United States. I really want to scan these people in Ohio. You know what I mean? AI took over They're annoying to be on the receiving end of. You know, if AI keeps getting good at replicating what we're doing, well, it kind of pushes the ball back in the court until something bad happens. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get started, I guess quick announcement, update about the show. So we've never done this show over summer break before, and Rich is kind of taking some summer classes. I'm kind of taking some summer classes, but... We feel like it's probably not enough to discuss something every week. So I think what we're talking about doing is going down to bi-weekly for the summer. So every other week there'll be an episode and then, you know, we'll pick back up at the beginning of the school year. If that sounds good to you all, if that sounds good to you, Rich. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Um, that way we just don't want a big concern is we want to make sure we're not giving you guys the same information every week. Um, even if that's what we're getting, because that's part of learning is repetition and reviewing and diving deeper. But sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to say the same thing I said last week. So we're hoping this will allow it to be able to stay fresh. So you guys hear some stuff that's fresh out of the thought refrigerator that we have in the back. I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's a bad idea. But I like that analogy. I think it'll be good if you want to. Go listen back to old episodes. Feel free to catch up or send them to a friend. Smash that like button. All those things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think Rich, you're going to get us started today. Yes, I'm going to get started. And it's it's actually not something that is sorry. I'm sitting far away from my mic. Um, It's actually not something that I learned necessarily in a class. Um, Although there's a little it dips a little bit into that. It's something I learned watching a YouTube thought, like thought piece, uh, which I know is a very reliable source. Nice. Um, but it's more kind of just, I don't know, maybe it'll just be a good way to kind of talk with you about something I find very interesting and the world is like obsessing about right now, which is like the emergence of AI technology yeah, and the, and the AI end game that is upon us. Um and maybe even from the uh, the way I say that phrase, you can hear in my voice how, you know, I do think AI is going to change so much, but I don't know if it's going to change it in like the apocalyptic doomsday way um, that people think it's going to change it. And I've thought that for a while. Um, I just kind of feel like I now have some of the words to better talk about it. Yeah. Um, So I think interestingly enough, the one little tidbit I do have from what I learned in school this week um, was I was going over a chapter on how to treat uh, clients in crisis. So that's like clients who are um, suicidal clients who are uh, homicidal, like how you treat those clients. And one thing they mentioned for clients who are at risk for suicide is that internet addiction has been shown. There's there's a lot of risk factors um, 
but internet addiction has been shown as a risk factor um, for suicide. And that was actually a, like, that was actually a fact that was originally the idea of internet addiction was a fact that was brought out by a very weird professor. Um, I think about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago when they were, I forget what college they were working at, but they were essentially giving all these weird, like this professor was giving like lectures where he was like, Hey, I'm going to give a lecture about the black plague from the perspective of the rats where he would act like the rats. So this guy's kind of a Wait, little off I'm sorry. The Black okay. Like making like making rat sounds. And he okay. To explain from their how POV. the rats felt about the yes, from their yes, from their POV. Cool. Um but he would also talk about how I guess this would have been like 20 20 25 years ago, how the internet's going to be like a new drug that's going to keep people addicted and lead to mental health crisis. He predicted like crypto coins. He predicted um, all these other things. And one thing he predicted is like this AI technology uh, is going to like reach this point where it reaches a singularity, which is where AI technology gets so intelligent that surpasses human technology. And then, in that instant decides to like take everybody out. And a lot of people who like followed this guy started this website and this website has had a surprising reach um, in influencing the people who talk about AI doomsday stuff on the internet, even though the website itself has, has like no accreditation has no, like no one is a part of the website who is like a has a PhD or anything like that. Um, they're just guys who, who talk about it. But a lot of the theories that even like you'll hear on the news about how AI is going to take over and kill everyone comes from this one website. Like, I don't know. Have you heard the paperclip AI theorem? No. 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 So it's the idea that like, if you program an AI to acquire as many paper clips as possible, like it will essentially reach the conclusion that what if humans are in the way of me getting paper clips? Well, then I have to take out all of humanity or enslave all humanity to acquire more paper clips. So it's that type of like, you know, that's an idea that several people have talked about in the news. Elon Musk kind of referenced a certain brand of that when talking um, to some people about his worries with AI. And so there's another one. Well, so is just to clarify. So that's the whole idea that like the AI is going to realize that to, con- to, to hold its own power or to increase its power, it has to take out humans. Yes. And, and maybe not even power, just whatever it's programmed to do. Like this okay. example, AI was programmed to, you know, collect paper clips. In uh, Elon Musk's example, it was programmed to uh, eliminate spam email. Um, so these are like the doomsday type things that you hear. Um, that and like people talking about like true AI intelligence. 
like another example that formed from this website that people have referenced and has caused some people like severe panic attacks um, is this idea that one day an AI might exist who will retro like retroactively look back and have an awareness that like humanity should have been working towards creating it sooner um, and will uh, look back to people who were opposed to its creation, people who were pro its creation and people who were indifferent of its creation and punish and reward them retroactively, which is like crazy to think about. But this is just some things that people are worried about when it comes to AI technology. Now, that thought has definitely th- crossed my mind when I was writing some things about AI. I was like, maybe I should soften yeah. this a little bit just to not not put myself on the list. Yeah, exactly. The AI hit list. Um, <laughs> however, I I'm really glad I, I, I watched this post because AI technology is obviously like increasing. Um, but some of the people you've probably heard of the guy who worked for like the Google chatbot who was like, AI is sentient. Like, yeah, I spent so much time talking to it. Like we've got one. There's some kind of sentience underneath there. Well, like the released records from his chat logs show that he's he asked leading questions like and that essentially the conversation he's having with the AI chatbot is like it's just a conversation with a chatbot. It's not it's not a sentient intelligence. It's a it's the same program we've had for forever. Like I think since like the oh, I think at least since the like late 1900s where it's just a computer chatbot. It just looks at keywords in your sentence and responds accordingly. And you know, logs have shown that he's he asked enough leading questions asking about meaning and purpose. Like you ask those key words and they're going to respond accordingly. So we're not necessarily like on the verge of true sentient AI intelligence. Um, what is more scary to me? Um, and what is more, what was more kind of scary to this guy and scary might not be the word, um, worth, worth watching out for isn't like a terminator singularity event it's more how fast um and how amazing this technology is and what's allowed and allowing us to do right now in this moment and how bad actors might use that like the current skills we have in the next like year to 10 years um like AI, you've seen the whole like how AI is able to take samples of someone's like voice and make like like if you guys aren't on YouTube uh, chronically like I am, you probably haven't seen like Obama and Trump and Biden playing Minecraft, but it's everywhere. Like the people will just feed some of their speeches to an AI and the and then write a script and the AI will generate their voice and there's a choppiness to it where you can tell it's not them. Uh, but people have written Kanye songs and, or just written songs and used the same technology to make Kanye sing this song. Um, so that's, it's a really cool technology that we have, 
But like in six months, in a year, like how are people going to use this technology? Like there's there's already been there was a, a case where scammers used someone's daughter's voice and called her and was like pleading for like help. Hey, mom, I really messed up. Mom, I really need your help. I need you to send me some money. Um, and the woman was obviously distressed because this is her child, you know, her 20 year old child on the phone. But it's just one of these scam bots. And you can kind of listen and tell. Um, I honestly, when I saw that, I was like, I should probably tell mom and dad if they hear anything like that from me from a weird number to like call me first. Um, because it could just be the next weird wave of scams. You know, before people are aware of it, it's like the whole I don't know if you've gotten this call from a, like, I don't know if it's the real police department or what, when they're like, hello, 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 is Marcy there? And like, it's a recording. And I always talk back. I'm like, no, this isn't Marcy. Well, maybe you can help me then. The local police department is trying to raise funds for the 20 blah, 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 blah. And I'm always like, uh, but this could just be the next little wave of of spam like spam scams incoming um let alone like even just have you been watching like what the uh artificially generated images have you been kind of following those over the past like year yeah yeah it is crazy think like i wish i could show visual examples to people listening at home but we have gone from like foggy nonsensical shapes and colors that loosely resemble what we what we've asked the ai to quote unquote draw to now like pretty hyper realistic renditions of images um like ai has already taken over like meme culture when it comes to producing images and stuff like that um it's it's just going to be interesting to see in especially approaching an election year. I don't know if it'll be have that much of an impact this year, but like, and maybe it won't even have that much of an impact in our country because we'll have ways of addressing it. But like throughout the world, like that's a tool you can really use to harm yourself or hurt somebody else in a political like situation. Well, there was, um, if we don't have good ways of there, oh, there was a already like a political ad. I want to say, I mean, I don't know if it was like Trump specifically or if it was the Republicans, but they ran an attack ad on Biden already that is completely uh, all the all the visuals are AI generated. Really? Yeah. Now, are they trying to use them as like, look at what he did or are they just like they just look dumb and make him look bad? Uh, I think it, it, I mean, somewhat like a, somewhat both. I want to say maybe it was like, gosh, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering, but either it was, it was like Biden giving a speech when he's reelected in 2024 and then being like, you don't want this. Or it was Trump giving a speech in 2024 and saying like, you do want this, but it was like a, uh. You know, you wouldn't presume it to be real because it's about something that's happening in the future. But still, it is like fairly, you know, realistic and believable. 
Okay, so so what do you what do you think about all this? I guess I'll stop here and let you kind of weigh in because on one hand, part of me wants to go like this is like bad. This is like it's going too far. But the other hand, like this is just political cartoons, but in a more hyper realistic way. But it's also not just that. There's like a there's another level to it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I probably disagree somewhat. And I don't think that. Like, I guess there are multiple things that you could say at the same time, because on the one hand, I don't think it has to be like a Terminator doomsday thing either for really bad stuff to happen still. And even on like a global scale and even on like a catastrophic scale, like there's a, for example, I think a, I don't think it's just an American bill. I think it's one of the more like, like the United Nations or some sort of global alliance where they're trying to, they're trying to make it, make it, international law that all nuclear weapons have to be air gapped from any sort of artificial intelligence. So in other words, they have to be on their own computer systems where like there's a big red button that a human has to press in order to detonate a nuke. And it's not just like there's a big red button, but also this computer has you know, the internet because of Facebook. It's like, no, mm-hmm. all of these things need to be completely air gapped because, and that's, this is like a very extreme example, but I think what I'm trying to say is like, it only needs to go wrong once. And I think there are a few things about AI that make it really particularly scary. Like for one thing, you can't see it. So when there are, you know, like traditional, when traditional warfare is going on, there are signs like you can see Russia moving to the border before they, you know, they say they're not doing anything, but you see their troops moving. Uh, or even when new countries like are trying to develop nuclear weapons, like you can see that from the sky. And that's different than. You know, who's to say that one of our enemies isn't or not even one of our enemies as like a country or a government, but who's just to say bad actors aren't out there building things that we don't know about? Like, I think that we are. uh, We we I think that American companies are probably in the lead with all this, so I'm not saying that they're not. But I'm just saying, yeah, who's to say 15 years in the future? Like, it's it's going to be a constant threat of all these people being able to build these programs and, and run these programs that we don't know what to expect until it happens. Uh, and like the 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 AI tools that are already out there are already doing things that we aren't expecting them to do. So like, for example, I I think there was one of them that it learned a language that it was not asked to learn. It was not like programmed to do it or even asked like in the chat form to learn it. But it, it somehow like internalized and learned a whole 
new language, which is kind of like a crazy thing. And then there's another hmm. one. There was like the uh, whichever, which I don't know which company it is. If it's like Microsoft that has Sydney, but one of the chatbots was like prof- professing love for this like journalist, and it gets really like weird. And and neither of those things are gonna like cause real damage. Like learning a language, that's even kind of a cool thing. My point isn't that those are awful. My point is that like we're figuring this out as we go. And I don't think that like on a on a global scale that the world has to look like Terminator to also acknowledge that one of these many, many, many programs could just do something that we don't expect and it could be really bad. Even if it doesn't kill people, even if it doesn't this or that or whatever, it could could still mess stuff up. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Like, I hear you 100%. Like, even the whole nuke airtight thing. <clears throat> I don't think, like, the singularity is going to get in there and hack the code and shoot nukes at everyone. Like, uh, that movie from the 1990s, like, War Games. I don't think it's going to be War Games. I'm more worried about, like, oh... I just got a phone call from the president of the United States saying the launch codes and giving me a code and then got another call of confirmation from this U.S. general. And both of those things were just videos. I guess that someone just made. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because I kind of feel the opposite way. I feel like. People already we've already had to grow accustomed to a certain level of scams and whatnot. And I think that the thing about scams right now is that there has to be somebody who's interested in reaching out to you with that scam. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, I, I was thinking about this the other day because I like one of my passwords was like leaked in a breach or whatever. Uh, and somebody could theoretically have like taken that info and tried to log into my bank and like taken all my money or like, I guess, let me back up a little bit more so with scams that you're talking about where it's like people sending you stuff like phishing or, you know, hey, we need your bank code. We need this. We need that. Somebody there has to be a human out there who thinks that I have enough money that it's worth committing this crime in order to like try to reach out to me and try to fool me. And like, I can just say, I don't think the payoff is going to be worth it in their case. Uh, But so I, I guess what I'm saying is the thing with AI and maybe I'm like, I'm, I'm saying it's not bad. And I'm also saying it's bad at the same time. But the thing with AI is like, who's to say that these programs aren't just going to be constantly scraping all the info from the internet to constantly be trying to scam every human at every moment. You know what I mean? Cause there's a lot more like theoretical capability for robots to do that than for a person who has to say like, I really want to scam these people in Ohio. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think so. And I kind of, I agree but like I just because the technology I see right now that we're capable of, I 
I don't think it's as close to like the sentient AI release force. It's much more like just a really good tool, like uh, Chat GPT, uh, GPT, the big one right now. It's just a really good search engine that you can talk to, um, and it'll problem solve and it'll do things for you, and that's amazing. Um, I'm worried about person who wants to scam everyone in Ohio and has a tool like chat GPT, which like now it's like, okay, how is he going to get that? But I'm just worried about like a year from now, two years from now. So it's really going to get to the point where we have, you know, I have uh, antivirus software on my computer where like these programs are going to have to turn into these really complicated AI engines to keep up with each other. Um, and they're going to have to, you know, I hadn't thought about this before, but is this going to be like where if you have a home computer, you're going to want to have it to have a really beefy processor just so you can keep up having your background AI scam prevention software running so it can keep up with, you know, scams you might be getting through the Internet? I don't know. It's interesting to think. Yeah, definitely. I think that so I kind of fumbled on my point earlier, but I think that that's why. That's why I think some of this stuff, I agree with you, it isn't as big of a deal because if we all grow accustomed, I think I said this like maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, if we all grow accustomed to the fact that that there are these powerful tools that are trying to get info from you, they're trying to attack you in all these sorts of ways, I think we'll just like be more careful around computers and the information we put into them. And I think that like we as users will just grow accustomed to that and not do as much stuff online, you know, like, and there have been things before, like a lot of people say that social media is the new smoking where we'll look back in 40 years and be like, man, how did we let just like a whole generation get addicted to this with like zero understanding of what it was, zero regulation. Mm -hmm. And, and so pushing it. Yeah. We pushed it so hard. And in the same way, I think it can be that way with a lot of technology where we'll look back and this will be like a technology era. And it's not that that technology goes away, but we'll kind of get it under wraps a little bit better. And part of that is just, the users saying like, hey, I'm not going to create an account with my address and my email and my social security just so that I can. Yeah, stop asking. Yeah, yeah. Just so I can like order a pizza one time or something. So there's that. The, The flip side, though, and this is the part that scares me, and I think this is similar to what you're saying, too, is that we don't like like regulation for these sorts of things doesn't happen until something bad happens. And with Mm -hmm. this technology, it's growing like exponentially. And so the question is like, how, how much time is going to pass? How much exponential growth is going to happen and how bad of an event is going to take place before we do something about it and like looking at, yeah, I forget which, which, uh, who, who is just in Congress testifying, 
but they were asking some technology company. Oh, it was the TikTok one. They were like asking the CEO of TikTok, which I, I think there is like a really good debate to be had about should TikTok be banned or not. But in that hearing, the senators are like, now, does TikTok have access to the Wi-Fi router? And the CEO is kind of looking like, um, I mean, yes, like that's how the Internet works, you know. But my my point just being that I don't have a lot of faith in our government right now to actually do anything about this. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to figure out how it how it plays out. I think one point I have, I think, OK, wait, here's my here's my prediction. I don't think it's going to be a weird military thing. Um, I think it's going to be. I don't know if it'll happen in America. But I think that some country is going to have significant um, disinformation issues led entirely by AI generated content and images. Um, which is where I don't think it'll be an American thing. I could see it being like a, a bad regime, um, in another country. I could see it being, I don't know where it'll happen, but I think that'll happen and it'll be pretty bad. It'll, it'll lead to some significant civil unrest, uh, maybe even like a toppled government. And that will be what gets other governments talking about it because news will have to pick that up it'll be a great story um it'll be like a everyone will be interested in it because it's very doomsday-ish um and that will start the process of like hey i think it might even get pitched as like an ai took over a government when that's not necessarily the case it's just people use tools that are are now tools that people can use um and there's no regulation so they bad actors did bad um i think that's my prediction for what will happen yeah i could see that i don't think it'll happen here because there's way too many sources like in america everything is recorded and filmed and so many people see things that it's like i don't think it'll be possible for that to happen um i could see you know, maybe during this election, if I wanted to make it smaller and got more hopeful, maybe it'll get so irritating during this election, you know, coming up uh, that people that both sides would be like, maybe we should regulate this more uh, because you guys really annoyed us and we really annoyed you. So maybe we just find a way of being like, hey. Everyone, everyone owns a copyright to their own likeness and no one else can use it, including AI artists. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, did you see the the Drake and the Weekend song that came out? I don't think so. Was that the AI generated one? Yeah, yeah. And it was getting just tons and tons of of, you know, streams and it was like pretty good. But yeah, that's the that's the exact question is if you're Drake And, you know, he's got plenty of money, so I guess I'll pick a different example. But if you are just some artist in any form, like, can somebody take your voice and 
make a song of maybe you saying things that you don't want to be said, things that you don't believe in or just like vile stuff. And should they be able to say, hey, this is AI Drake or whoever without your permission? Like, I think that just to reiterate the point, yeah, it'll it'll have to get really bad, unfortunately, probably before we do anything about it. I do. I do want to say I think this is the one gripe I have with what you're saying is you're saying like, oh, well, these tools we have like it's chat GPT. You just talk to it, you know, and it's just a chat bot. It spits things out. But that's what the public has. Like when you Mm. you'll hear announcements about like what Apple is working on for the next iPhone, but it's not the next iPhone. It's like four down the line. It's like iPhone 21. And I think that I'm I'm not saying this in a conspiratorial way, like they're keeping it from us. Like we don't even that what they're doing behind the scenes. It's not that, but I'm just saying like, we are getting the public version. And I think that that means that the technology is already more advanced than what we have. And two years ago, nobody knew. Nobody was like personally interacting with AI. So to see how fast, like it's already the exponential growth is happening. And yeah, I just think it can cause a lot of like unrest and social change and like, economic implications all sorts of things that'll happen like very quickly and it'll just be a crazy time but it'll be a crazy time probably like the internet was a crazy time maybe more true Uh, there's gonna be a lot of goods with it too yeah definitely there's gonna be so many goods with it yeah um like one really cool tool that i heard someone mention was like imagine um okay so i'm dating someone who's a school counselor Imagine if instead of having to contact a teacher and get a student's grade on a certain report, you can just like everyone dumps all their grades, all their papers, everything into their school's like server, whatever it is. And then you just ask the server Hmm. server. I need this student's grade on this project or you work for a big company instead of having to email Jim to get Jim's like summary of the financial report he just posted, you just ask your server like, Hey server access. Like I need this information from this date on this file by this user. Yeah. And it just like gives it to you. Definitely. Yeah. And also like, I think education is a big one that I've heard about where, And I guess this could be education or it could also be the workforce. But but if if it is just like so obvious that tests, for example, can be cheated very easily, you know, like we're both in school and there are classes where I go to and we have really good dialogue with the professor and we work through and talk through issues and you walk away being like, man, that is what just like what great discussion I'm learning so much. And then there are other classes where you go to and they're kind of just like hurting you through the class, you know, write this essay, take this test and you'll check the box of like, yes, I took this course. I think that some of some of like AI and some of these tools 
are going to screw up those types of classes so bad that it'll be like, hey, guys, let's let's cut the crap. Like if we're going to do education, let's have the really good, deep, like thought and conversation and not just have students do busy work so that we can all check boxes that we did it. Does that make any sense? Oh, no, it makes sense. And it will be able to help those teachers even more. Hey, hey, I'm just going to keep calling it server. Hey, server, look at the syllabus for this class and email all the students what they have to do this week. Boom. Yeah. Like that, it, it, it will make teachers or even like, hey, server, on this day, every week, look at the syllabus, see what the assignments are and send it to students. Highlight students who have lower grades and let them know what assignments are most important this week or most important for them to do that week and send that email once a week between this date and this date. Boom. That saves several hours of a teacher's work schedule right there and yeah. allows them to focus more in on the things that only they can do as a human teacher in that room. Like it's not going to take a teacher's job. But it's going to make a teacher's job way easier. Hopefully. Mm, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I want us to end it on a hopeful note, but I don't know if you can say that it's not going to take a teacher's job in theory. It shouldn't, but the people who have to pay them, you know, whether, whether again, whether we're in education or whether we're just in the workforce, I don't think that all the people in charge of all of these corporations and all these schools are like, you know, just doing everything out of the kindness of their own heart. Like they also want to make and preserve money. So I think, I think we're true. We're making the assumption like it won't take a teacher's job because it doesn't have to, but if it can, that's enough. Yeah. I just don't, there might be some jobs where I'd be more worried, but I think for teaching specifically, like looking at looking and hearing like how like COVID at home learning, how unsuccessful that was for many students. I don't think that. I don't think for like grade schools that an AI teacher would would do it. I don't think kids like even I, I was asking several of my friends who are teachers. I'm like, are you worried about kids using AI to write their papers? And they're like, no, because the kids don't want to like they just don't. They're not even like coming after like COVID and at home school. It's not that they're like. It's not that they're like sneaky and want to cheat. It's like they just don't care. Yeah, no, I get and that. And I think that to to elicit to elicit the the care in the education system, like that has to be like for me looking back, it wasn't like, man, I really loved this class. It's like I really loved Mr. Kibler and Matt Gagnon and I can go through and list teachers who I'm like, these people made me want to learn. Yeah. No, I agree, but I'm I guess that's a separate thing to me. Like, cause you're describing there's all a second ago, there's all these tools that are going to save teachers a bunch of time. And I just don't think it's the way it works that like administrators are going to look out and say, 
hey, all you teachers, now you you have 50% of your time back. So just go develop close relationships with your students. They're going to say, hey, you've got 50% of your time back. So now we're going to give you twice as many students and twice as more work. Yeah. And obviously with all of this, there will be schools that that do it the opposite way and they will do things out of the kindness of their heart but also like when you walk into mcdonald's you order on a screen so i i just don't think we can assume that it's like because it can be a positive thing that it will that it will always be no i think there'll be negatives to it but i think that there'll be positives to it and i'm interested to see how it all shakes out definitely agreed I didn't even touch on the thing I wanted to touch on. What's this that? is all the, the lead up. It's more of a philosophical thing. So at the end of the video, he he puts he's like, if you'll allow me to put on my fedora for just one minute, like kind of highlighting like this is kind of the more exaggerate. He spent the whole video saying, like, I don't think AI is going to be some doomsday thing. I don't think it's going to be true sentience. Like he, he, did, he never said these things could never happen. Because He's like, it's possible. I just don't think that. That's going to be what we worry about. But one thing he did say that I found very interesting was um, how he compared AIs to like to gods, not in the sense of like people like necessarily worship them or deify them or like structure their life around them in like a religious, spiritual sort of way. Um, not like they take over the world with an iron grip and throw thunderbolts. I think one quote he even said is like the real damage done by the old gods wasn't like an old man up in the cloud who was throwing thunderbolts. It was what their followers, how the followers of these gods interpreted their words and misinterpret them in a way that caused and allowed them to do damage to others. And if AI becomes this thing where we see it as this always right, it knows everything like it might not be better than humans, but as a as a tool, it has access to all knowledge. And so if we ask it a question, it'll give us the answer. Like if humans start looking to AIs like that, the AI might not do damage like the chat bot, the search engine might not do damage. But what damage will the people who are adhering to the information it's giving out, what damage will it do? And I was like, that's an interesting little thought experiment. Uh, Okay, so wait. So you mean as in. What do you mean when the, the words and the ideas it puts out? Like. Um. Okay, for example, we've talked several times about an AI saying that it loves someone, but it's kind of just like a chat function as of right now. Um, We like you could ask an AI like and there's ones right now. I think chat GPT, if you ask it certain questions, it'll be like, I'm not the right source for you to ask these things to. If you ask about meaning and purpose and stuff like that. But like as AI continues to expand you know, what questions will we go to ask of it to help it solve problems like world hunger or to solve problems like who should I vote for all these different things. And 
because it is able to process information so much faster than us. Like, you know, AI doesn't have necessarily the creativity to beat a human player at chess. Now you might say, but wait, AIs have beat human players at chess. Yes, but that's because an AI can sit there and in several minutes can process every single move. It's not a matter of like creativity. It's a matter of pure computational power. And if we assume, like we kind of already do, AIs are this terrifyingly smart force and we ask it questions and it gives us answers based on its computation, are people going to start taking that as, pardon my pun, as Bible? Are they going to say like what AI says goes, AI says and accesses the information the best? Like... Is there a dystopia where you wake up in the morning and you ask your AI what you should do today? It makes recommendations and you go with it. There you go. There's a writing project for you. Um, yeah. You turn that into a short story. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I think that that it is interesting. And that is where I'm hopeful is like, I think that people are just people and there are few times and places like we have north korea where there is a really really tight lockdown on information and ideas and people are very very closely controlled but other than that like that's not every country that's one and and if you look at the world there are different cultures there are different belief systems and philosophies but but what but to really be controlled in a top down way we've got one of those right now and so in this i guess what i'm saying is i think that people have like a healthy distrust of authority And like the more you feel like you're being controlled, you buck against that. So I think for a lot of reasons, yeah, it it might be uh, things might balance themselves out. What I think is an interesting point is what you said about the creativity, because if we go back to the the AI generated music example. So, okay, so now there's AI that's making that's that's recreating drake in the weekend and it's pretty good but also by the way like there's a human touch to it like it was it was engineered by a human who was using these tools to do these things so it's not like it was completely ai generated to begin with but anyway that song comes out lots of people are listening to it let's imagine into the future that that happens with every artist and a whole generation of artists loses their ability to be relevant and to make an income and to survive because computers can just do it instead. Okay. So let's imagine that. But then what is AI music next? Because you can only make AI Drake and AI The Weeknd if there is a Drake and is a The Weeknd. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, there there are 
Twitter accounts and there are like artificial pop stars that are completely generated. Their music is completely generated. But even those are modeled off of what we think a pop star is. And so my point is, say you say that you do wipe out a whole generation of artists well, then there's no new artists for the AI to replicate. Like they're kind of the humans kind of have to be first for the AI to like replicate them. And yeah, the humans mm-hmm. might get exploited, they might get ripped off, that sort of thing. But there still has to be like some human or or even today I saw on Twitter there was some like so Google has a thing where you can type in write me a song like this that sounds like this style, this artist, it's about that. It's like chat GPT for music. But the person in this tweet typed in like, uh, write me an Atlanta based, uh, you know, beat with lots of like heavy 808s. They, they, the point is they put in all of these things that already exist. Like there already is Atlanta rap. And there already is like heavy 808 or, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, at some point you have to ask the question, like, do the humans still have to be the ones innovating or being like artistically creative? Because when I saw when I saw that tweet, I was like, I did have the thought. I was like, maybe people are going to have to make new music again. because. Everything right now is like mm-hmm. so nostalgic and we just go back to like we just rotate through the different decades that we go back to. And so maybe if there are all these tools like again with that sort of rebellious spirit, maybe artists are going to be like, OK, now we have to come up with something new that the computer hasn't done yet because it hasn't heard it yet. You know what I mean? Hmm. Hmm. No, that's interesting. I never really thought of it that way, but like. It is interesting to see, you know, if AI keeps getting good at replicating what we're doing, well, it kind of pushes the ball back in our court. Yeah. Like, all right, we're going to have yeah, to, exactly. we're going to have to get creative. Yeah. What was, okay. So what was the philosophical question? Just if, if we'll put too much weight. Um, yeah, essentially, if we put so much weight on AI that we treat it, I don't think that society will be like, AI is our God. Um, but I think society will be like, AI is, you know, like during the French Revolution, the the cult of reason. They didn't call it that, but it was the idea that, like, we don't need gods. We don't need organized religion. We have, you know, we have reason and we have liberty. And those founding ideas kind of like steered the French revolution. Um, And I wonder if, you know, in our very, not very, but somewhat like nihilistic postmodern world where you question everything. Well, like AI just gives me the information. It's not telling me what to do. It's not telling me what lifestyle to live. It's, it just has access to all the information and it's giving it to us. And so, yeah, it's not it's not a religion, it's not a lifestyle, it's just the information. Yeah. Um, and if people will take that as ironically a new religion. 
or do does it push people back into old religions? I think that's a thing too. I think that might be a big thing too, because it's gonna we're gonna have all the information highlighted even more than how people kind of have this emptiness now because they have everything at their fingertips. It's just gonna give us everything more. But I think there'll still be people who are like, okay, but I have everything, but you know, I feel like I'm missing something. I'm missing that spiritual, like religious something. Yeah, I think that I think that could be one one direction that it pushes. As far as the like putting a lot of weight into it, I guess I'm kind of thinking like I don't like people put weight in history books and people, you know, put weight into you Google something and the first few results you know you kind of generally trust that like it it's it's good it's what you know it might not be what you're looking for but yeah i don't know it's probably just like that right where it's like we know these things are tools and sources that we can go to but i don't know if it's a natural jump to like literally think that people will see them as like all powerful all you know i don't think that's really it so i, I don't know though because I, I saw some crazy stat about like there's the snapchat one the snapchat ai and mm-hmm. like a lot of people gosh i forget what the the figure was but it it was like cohen's it was coinciding with loneliness this graphic that i saw and like how many how many people don't think how many okay gosh i really clearly don't remember what it was but it was like how many young people don't feel like they have any close friends was shown on this graph and then how many young people mm. have already gone to uh snapchat's ai just to like talk to a friend was shown and that's the kind of stuff where it is sort of like scary because nobody doing that thinks that they're talking to a real person like duh i i i have trust in humans and people and i think that they're smart but at the same time even if you're just doing it just because you feel lonely and you want to talk to somebody like that's also like not a good sign for society you know i don't know it's weird stuff sorry i took up this is like the opposite of last week where you talked all of last week and now I talked all of this week. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything you, you wanted to share? <laughs> uh, I did have something. I'll, I'll go through this real quick because I'm reading right now. I'm reading just a bunch of novels and trying to learn like, what do I like? What do I not like? Even even books that I wouldn't normally pick up for enjoyment, I'm just trying to read them to learn from them. And at the same time, I'm reading and rereading this book that I got for school. We were only assigned certain chapters, but it's about writing novels. And so I'm like, just now I'm going through the whole thing, trying to do the exercises and everything. 
but the thing I was pulling out that I thought was kind of interesting. So this is a uh, James Scott Bell who's writing this talking about characters. He says, what makes a great lead character is that they have grit G R I T wit W I T and it. So I T grit wit and it. Hmm. And I thought like, this is actually one of the things that we read for class. And when I read it, then I just kind of like read over it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cute. Like it, it rhymes, but rereading it now, I'm actually in the middle of a novel that I really don't like that much. And I'm realizing it's because the character has no grit. So yeah. Uh, Grit, I'm reading it. What was it again? It. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so grit, you know, is probably somewhat self-explanatory. Like this person's not a wimp. They're they're gritty. Uh, to use the word, in, we're talking in like Wolverine. We're talking um, Jeremiah Johnson. We're talking a third one. Captain America gritty can also be less. It doesn't have to be extreme, but the point is that this person is going to like look fear in the face and they're going to do something. Or also maybe they're not, maybe they don't have grit. Maybe they are a wimp, but, but, but then by the end of the story, something's going to bring that out of them. Uh, Then there's wit, which is this person is, witty they have an interesting angle on the world they have an interesting point of view you know if you really think about it a lot of lead characters in movies and books and stuff you're like i wouldn't want to be friends with you like they make a great lead character but then when you sit back and think about it like as a human you're just kind of annoying but that's actually what it takes to be a good lead character because you have to have a unique a unique or like a witty point of view uh just a, a a unique way of seeing the world and then it is just like you have to be dynamic uh the lead character has to have something about them like when they walk in a room like the presence changes that sort of thing and these are just what bell says it takes to have a compelling lead character. So the book I'm reading right now is uh, This Side of Paradise, F. Scott Fitzgerald. He's the guy who wrote The Great Gatsby. But hmm. this is one of his, I think it's an earlier novel. And yeah, what I just don't like about it, I'm in a book club and I'm I'm curious to see what they all have to say about it and if any of them like it. Because for me, I'm just like, I don't know what, this book is about and and the guy has no grit like life is just kind of happening upon him and you see his reactions to it but like there's no moment of him stepping up and like affecting change like this is what i want and this is what i'm gonna do it's more so just like events happen and you get his take and then events happen and you see what he has to say about it, but he never really like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, he never really does anything. 
He never takes agency. And so, and so does that, sorry, as the listener, as the listener, as the reader, it leaves you like wanting to self insert and say, do this, do that, like do something exciting, but you kind of feel like you're constantly blocked by the barrier that is the main character. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm at the end. I'm at the en- I'm near the end of the book. I've got like one chapter left. And I just couldn't tell you what the book is about. And a lot of times, if you ask, if you ask 10 people what any book or any movie is about, you're going to get 10 different answers, but you're going to get answers, period. Because there is like a character who is navigating their way through the world. They're like making decisions. And so that's at least going to signal something. But yeah, this this book, I just I like the events that take place have to do with like his love life and his education and his youth. But I just don't see the thread that ties it all together. And I don't see anything that makes him like a compelling character. So I don't know. I hope like with with stuff like this, when I read old books. I. Like, I hope I'm wrong and I hope that somebody can point it out to me in a way that like makes it make sense because clearly it was written a long time ago and I don't I don't want to assume like I could be missing something, I guess is what I'm saying. But at the same time, I also trust my own taste enough to be like, I don't know if, if this is good. So, yeah, it's like a. Not really a thought that probably has practical application to anybody's life listening, but I just thought that that was like a. It's interesting to me as a reader and clearly as a writer, but even maybe as a person, it is interesting of like what what makes a person gritty and is that a good per? I think that is a good quality to have where. Like, I don't know, the old cliche or whatever like uh is life happening to you or are you happening to life Mm -hmm. and it's just an interesting examination to get that by reading this book i think a game that you would love i know you don't play games much um but i could lend you my ps4 because i don't use it um is red dead redemption 2 uh, the main character, Arthur Morgan, is this beautiful blend of grit that you see grow in like he really grows as a character. Um, and so like he starts off and he's a he's a gun slinging criminal. Um, but as time goes on, and you might think that's grit, you know, grit's the ability to be the muscle man, to go into town and rob the bank. But then you see him change and look at what he's doing in his life. And he begins to change like his more villainous ways, but he still maintains that grit. And it's really interesting to see that whole process like unfold for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because a character like that you 
there there are certain character traits that you would almost evaluate as bad or like you you describe a character like that and you almost assume that like he must be a bad guy when actually like grit and tenacity and stuff are are good qualities to have they have good outcomes and also they're annoying to be on the receiving end of does that make any sense like sometimes no, we I, I think so we evaluate people based on like how smooth is it to have an interaction with them and they don't tick me off they don't say anything weird they don't say anything uncomfortable but a lot of times the qualities that make somebody say something annoying or like be a little rough around the edges are actually they're they're going to produce something good and that's one thing i think is interesting about fiction is like in fiction we're allowed to see the good in these like rough characters and then you get into the real world and we act all of a sudden like that's bad and like everybody's supposed to be really nice and really smoothed out and really every and so i always think that's just an interesting like duality is that we can appreciate almost like the more kind of messed up a fictional character is we appreciate that when in real life we don't hey everyone hope you guys enjoyed this episode thanks for listening uh, we host this episode and all of our episodes over at our Substack, coming along nicely and tim also does some writing over there as well it, I'm a little biased, but it's pretty great. You can find him at as it were or at nisley.substack.com. We'll see you guys in the next one.